Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Bathurst 12 Hours. On RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. To the pit lane air horn, making sure that everyone knows that cars will be moving. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to 2024 at the Repco Bathurst 12 Hours live coverage on Friday in sound, which you've had before via the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels, but we're adding the video for all four 12-hour sessions today and for the two sessions tomorrow as we kick off this uh, new initiative, the Bathurst Superfest, which will culminate next weekend in the first round of the Repco Supercars Championship, getting the 2024 season Underway, and there's a fair few of the drivers doing double duty as well. It's John Hindoff, Garth Tander, and Richard Crail in a salubrious new surroundings. We've been used to being bijou and casual, but now we've uh, we've we're able to spread our wings just a little bit. Shit, Adam, he's down in the pit lane. Let's check in with her before we start seeing some times and see if we can pick off some of the stories from earlier on. The 91 Mustang in, excuse me, the 91 Mark car, uh, Shea, was in a little bit of strife in the first session. Uh, any sign of that coming back out? It will be coming out during this session. It has not yet made its way onto the pit lane, though, as only three cars from the pit exit end of things are applicable to run in this session because it's for bronze drivers only. I'm now about halfway down the pit lane, and so far there's only six garages that are empty, so there will be no complaints due to lack of track space out on the track. But since it's bronze drivers, this is the session that was most asked for by the participants. We would like a little bit more track time if we're going to be paying the bills, and that's exactly what they've gotten. So thankfully, we have very cool race cars out on the track. Uh, We've got a couple of drivers that are of note. Kenny Kabul is in the number 75 Sun Energy 1 Mercedes. We've got Yasser Shaheen in the number 911 Porsche. That's the old version. Uh, Prince Ibrahim is in the number 888 Mercedes. So some pretty cool drivers getting to go turn some laps right now. And again, no complaints of track space, but do keep your eyes open because we have had a couple of roos around the outside of the track. They're on the other side of the fences watching with the spectators. Uh, you might want to pop down to that 91 Mark Cars pit as well because I have seen a couple of messages on the message, message boards, uh, notably on the Shakedown group. Uh, asking if someone can bring some bits and pieces up from uh, from Sydney with them, uh, some connectors and uh, some housing. So they might be having a little bit more problems than just the flapping bodywork that we saw earlier on. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. Now the opportunity, Garth Tander, for the non-pro drivers to... Get a little bit of track. Someone like a Vandalinda or a Gunon or a Stoltz or anyone like that with the headlights on coming at you across the top of the mountain, you're not learning the racetrack because you're just trying to get out of the way <laughs> and not get, not get tripped over. So having a session like this where 
you don't have any of those pros out there. The intensity level comes down that little bit and you can just concentrate on your craft. You can concentrate on playing yourself in. You can concentrate on improving your technique and, and just getting your head back around driving at Mount Panorama without having to effectively do the whole lap in the rear vision mirror is, is really important for these guys. Um, and what it also then does for the, for the open sessions like practice one and practice three today they effectively become pro-only sessions yeah. because you know that your bronze driver is going to get a full 40 minutes all to themselves in the car. So that's why I think this year we've seen this trend more to a pro-am type setup because your pros can get 20 minutes or, or half an hour in, in each practice session and share the car, and then your am's actually getting a full 40 minutes to themselves. So everyone's getting more miles. So I think actually that's why we're trending this way with more pro-ams on the grid than the full outright pro com combinations. Yeah, and in, even in the outright class, and I remember you and I were on the phone very early last year going through sporting and technical regs, and we picked the what was now dubbed the Kenny rule, <laughs> which is that if you run a bronze driver in the professional class, the outright class, there's no minimum driver time requirement for that bronze driver. So all he needs to do is 40 minutes. Minutes, minutes of the race, and then you can do the entire rest of the day with two professional drivers. Now, Kenny did just a smidgen over an hour in last year's race. Lucas Stolls and Jules Gunon did the bulk of the heavy lifting. They won the race. What that has spurred on is Audi Sport Team MPC to do the same thing. So Liam Talbot sharing with two pros, bronze-ranked driver. Bathurst's finest, Brad Schumacher, sharing with two professional drivers. So they've gone the same loophole in the knowledge as well that they get two 40-minute sessions all to themselves today to get themselves up to speed on the Mount Panorama circuit. Uh, just coming up on 10 o'clock local time on the Boycell watch. It is the Boycell Pro-Am class in the 12-hour as well. Uh, and just on 23 degrees, so already 5 degrees warmer now ambient temperature than it was at the start of practice number one earlier this morning. So a couple of quick back-to-back -back sessions, but track condition will continue to improve. We saw... 40-odd combined sedans out there panning around for 20 minutes as well. So rubber going down, a little bit of sunlight now, poking mm. through the clouds to get some UV and some track temperature up as well. Those of you that have access to timing monitors will see that's Jack LeBrock that's fastest in practice in practice too. I can tell you that is not Jack no. LeBrock because he is not a bronze rate to driver, a supercar full-time competitor, by default means that you are a gold driver. So Jack LeBrock, that's probably not Jack. It'll be Justin McMillan aboard the number 48 M Motorsport AMG Mercedes in that car. He's at their bronze driver. That's quite a good combo, actually, Garth, in the Pro-Am class with Glenn Wood, who is very rapid and apparently was extremely impressive in testing out at Sydney Motorsport Park last week. Jack LeBrock, you mentioned Justin McMillan is M Motorsport. They've been a staple at this race and in local GT racing. And they've, with with driver grading, they've snuck Garth Walden into that lineup uh, too to get them be. four drivers. That's who's yeah, I think the car because uh, I, actually, Garth's yeah, a bronze. Yeah. I went through the um, FIA, the full list, the categorization, yeah. and I'm like, how is Garth Walden yeah. a bronze he's driver? So the best he bronze is, in the country. He has yeah. played a blinder with somehow <laughs> getting himself in as a bronze driver because I just noticed the way that it left turn one and the run up mountain straight. It's like, wow, Justin's really on it. And yeah. as soon as you mentioned <laughs> yeah. Garth Walden, it's like, ah, yeah, that that's it. who's piloting the. 48 car right now. Yeah, there's, there's a, it's a bit like going to a, a really posh restaurant and you look at the the wine list and you think, 
how much for that? <laughs> but what you do is you go through it and you find where the value is. You find where, oh, actually, that's all. That's a good wine. And, you know, yeah. That's the FIA drivers list, isn't it? You get get down into the bronzes and you're good. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, hello. Yeah. That one's that was a bit of a Billy bargain then. <laughs> Never mind sneaky silvers. It's brilliant bronzes, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. They're worth their weight in gold in GT racing. <laughs> Very good. I'm I'm a I'm solder. Uh, I'm one solder. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> solder. That's you're a metal, me. but you're very malleable. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm not, got, I'm not even a metal. I think I'm clay. It's <laughs> it might be wood. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> you're a hardwood, but not quite a metallic substance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say you're a premium. Oh, you thank you. Uh, like book. a mahogany? Yeah, or, yeah. something okay. like that. Oh, there you go. Maybe well, an, that. an Australian Jarrah or high, something oh, like that. Well, yeah. No, That's high praise coming from you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, so, great Chad Nalon and Matt Nolte at later dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at RSL underscore studio, by the way, if you want to get in touch with us. And thank you to all of you who have done all over the world. Uh, as Crosley said, just coming on at 10 o'clock here at Bathurst. Uh, it is, what, 11 o'clock back in the UK, just coming on to midnight. So you're about to catch up with us in Central Europe uh, and come into our Friday. We're speaking from your future. If you're further to the west of the UK, plenty of you in the US tuning in as well, enjoying the sound and vision. Thank you very much indeed for saying hello. And plenty more to come this afternoon as well as will this little happy band here will take you through all of the 12-hour sessions. And uh, we've got Chad and Matt to take you through the supports. So now if you want, climbing the mountain, Kenny Abul, uh, Mount Panorama resident, of course. Yes, owns real estate on Conrod Strait and inhabits it once a year, but pretty good value real estate, I think, for what it's delivered him over the years. It's actually a really good story that emerged this week about this car, car number 75. So this is the race-winning chassis from last year. And Kenny being Kenny, won Bathurst and then put the car in his museum, which just happens to be on level six of a building in New York. But there's challenges in obtaining racing cars anywhere in the world at the moment. Manufacturers can't build them quick enough. And he wasn't able to secure a brand new AMG GT3 for his new 75 Express team that he's set up to run them. Uh, so he had to crane last year's winning car out of level six of the Kenny Hubble business building out of the museum uh, and get it freighted to Australia. So, But this is a car with genuine Providence here. This is a Bathurst winning chassis back on the mountain. Well, it only did one race last year. It was and this race. 100% strike rate, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, a very, obviously a very special car, as it would be for Kenny. So to to bring that out, there's high expectation now yes. for this car because its strike rate is currently running at 100. Well, so, yes, except well, batting 1,000, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and since the 12-hour last year, Kenny's not had a lot of luck. He had a massive crash at Spa-Francorchamps in the 24-hour in the lead-up to that race. Um, was was quite badly battered and bruised. Watched that race from the hospital and watched his team go on to an incredible result there in their mm-hmm. class, which was a, an amazing story. Wrote the car off, sourced another car for his team to continue to go racing, even though he couldn't drive. Chas Mostert was part of 
that driving line up as well. And they went on and bagged a result, which was remarkable. They didn't have a great run at Yass at the end of last year in the 12-hour race um, and didn't have a great run in the Rolex either at the start of the year at Daytona. So maybe the shift back to Old Faithful, a Bathurst winning car, might well turn Nothing the Nothing if not superstitious. Shit, Adam is down in the pit lane again for this session with a little more sunshine for our Florida girl. And we have school children across the front street, too. So, hi, guys. Welcome to Mount Panorama. I see you waving your flags. Um, I did go down to Mark Cars to check on that number 91 machine. Uh, Keith Kasulki drove it this morning. They've got Adrian Morrill in it now. They said, eh, we might need some part help, but uh, we're not really going to talk about that right now. So, if we could just focus on the good things of that car, that would be very much appreciated by the team owner. Is there anybody else working on cars, Cher? It's, uh, a lot of cars that aren't out on the track right now. I've actually just made my way down to Audi World because at the end of the last session, I was going to try and grab a word with Kelvin Vandalinda, but the way that they do things down here, they bring Kelvin out, put him in the car, beat him up with a stake. Is that what you like to say? Uh, make him go really yes. fast. Yep. <laughs> then take him back into an air-conditioned room and wait until they need to utilize him again. Um, so I've come back down to the Audi World. One of their two cars is still sitting in the garage that could be out on the track. Brad Schumacher is behind the wheel of the number two. This is Melbourne Performance Center Audi, the one that's got KFC written all over it. He's behind the wheel, but the car is up on the high, high stands. So there's still a lot of work continuing to go on for this car and actually a mechanic in the engine bay. So I don't think the car is going to be heading out within the next next five or ten minutes, um, but also I don't see Kelvin once again, and Chris Haas is meandering, um, but other than that, not a, a terrible amount of uh, drivers waiting to see what their co-drivers are doing out on the track either, guys. Thank you, Cher. Heading out the Vortex 701, a bright orange car. This is a, a Mark 1 or a 1.0 in Vortex speak. Uh, specialist racing car manufacturer from France. They've been developing their 2.0 car in the last few months out in Kuwait at the back of uh, last year in December and then in the Emirates for the Dubai 6 and the Dubai 24 hours. Actually, they have taken, Philippe Bonnell and the rest of the team have taken a couple of orders for those new 2.0 cars which are a radical departure from what we've got now. They spent a lot of money on the Aero, on the new cars. But this is the first time we've had a Vortex of any sort here. In Australia, full stop, yeah. So the 1.0 space frame chassis, LS Chev V8 mid-mount, carbon fibre sort of panels bonded onto that space frame chassis. The 2.0, I think, is full carbon. Full carbon carbon chassis. um, Much more like the KTM GT2 car, for example, that we see, but it keeps that um, Chev crate motor philosophy, which is a pretty affordable way of producing horsepower. We're just watching Yasser Shikin, two-time winner of GT World Challenge Australia, former teammate of our teammate here, Garth Tander, in his Audi days, switched across to EMA Motorsport last year in GT World Challenge Australia, won a couple of races, was in championship calculations right up to the final round. Ultimately, Liam Talbot beat him to the title. Those two had some really feisty battles in the domestic GT championship last year to the point where they were trading paint at Phillip Island and trading words in pit lane afterwards. It really means something to these guys. So Yasser running in the Pro-Am class, Liam running in pro which, as we touched on earlier, removes that driver time requirement. But you can bet if they're both in the 
cars at the same time at some point on Sunday and running nose to tail, it'll be pretty spicy between the two of them. But Yasser running a really pretty Shell V-Power livery on his Porsche. That's the car that finished runner-up in the race last year and stuck around to do the championship. So it's a car with pedigree. So the car that won and finished second are both here this year yeah. to go around again, which is really That's cool. quite cool. Yeah. Very cool. Hello to Jerry Z, listening in in Florida. Um, I'm afraid I haven't had the second cup of coffee this morning, so I can't quite work out what time it is, Jerry Z, but uh, nice to know that you are tuned in. I presume, as it's a work day, you're only listening, and you'll uh, try and get the video up uh, later on, but if you're doing something set next to your computer, you might have the video on as well, and the sun has come out to play. It's a skill the alt tab to switch between windows really quickly. So when the boss sort of wanders by, just flick the stream off and you get a spreadsheet up that looks like you're actually doing well, something. Jerry is an extremely competent IT expert. He'll have 15 way ahead of you. Yeah. Ahead of me. I'm, oh, he'll, have, he'll have an Excel that. spreadsheet that actually has the timing in it that looks Correct. like exactly. an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> I like that idea. RSL underscore studio, if you'd uh, like to say hello, wherever you are in the world, always good to know that you tuned in. Huge crowd at the mountain. Uh, people were queuing up from... Uh, four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning on Wednesday to start setting up. And this morning, Creelsy, as we came in and parked up behind the paddock, the the paddock grand, the, the paddock uh, campgrounds are as full as I've ever seen them at this time of the week before. Yeah, record campground sales for this event. More than 2,000 sites sold. Um, the top of the mountain sold out, I think, in November last year. So really popular. It's become a a staple this event like the October race where people come and stay for a week and it's their annual holiday. Yeah, really good vibe in town as well and a lot of people sticking around for the full week as we check out Liam Talbot across the top of Mount Panorama. Reigning champion in GT World Challenge Australia. Recently announced to be departing Melbourne Performance Centre after a long time with this team and he'll link up with the WA-based Arise Racing Team in World Challenge Australia this year. Driving Ferrari 296 GT3. First time we've seen those cars in Australia. So really exciting for Liam. He's still got a bit of international racing planned, I think, this year as well. Great year in his career last year. Really emphatic championship campaign in a tough season for World Challenge Oz. This is a bit of a swan song for he and MPC and the Audi that he's been driving for several seasons now. But they've got a really strong combination in car 22 was the quickest we saw earlier this morning, of course, in the hands of Kelvin van der Linde and Chris Harzer, who's been here for years and years. A really experienced co-driver lineup, and importantly fast. So Liam, we know, is a really safe pair of hands. He'll do the job early in the day, and as long as they stay in the lead lap, you plug a van der Linde or a Harzer in in that final sprint, mm. and they are absolutely contenders. Uh, talking about the international part of this event and what it means for people to be able to watch as well as listen. Hello to Stephen Walton. He says, um, I'm watching this morning on my commute across Bangkok. Oh, yeah. So the, the marvels of modern technology. Tuma Racing uh, doing the drive down now in New South Wales. Uh, hopefully see you soon. Not sure whether you're in sound or vision. Tom Marshallak. Uh, six o'clock on Thursday evening in Ohio. We're better than watching the news, he says. <laughs> okay, we'll buy that for yeah, a dollar. We'll take that. Yeah. Take that. At RSL underscore studio. Early session coverage uh, has been one of our staples down through the own radio. We've uh, added Ned Australian whiskey. Check them out at Ned 
whiskey without an E. Well, there's an E in Ned, but not in whiskey, you know what I mean? .com.au. And uh, thanks to them for supporting the early coverage. And we put thank you to the event for putting the sound and vision together. Coming over the top of Skyline with a blue sky behind it and the cars in relief as they come over there. Speaking of shots, a couple of new shots yeah. in broadcast this weekend. If you're listening at the moment, you won't see them. If you're watching the stream, there's one at the cutting from up on high on driver's right and then one on the outside of the circuit on driver's left as they're running up the shelf towards Solman Park that I really like yeah. that shows the steepness of that climb on the run up there to the top of the hill and then um, a very cool new shot uh, up on the cherry picker I think down at uh, Murray's Corner that uh, in a shot in practice one you can pick the cars coming out of the elbow and then over the hump and then down and they disappear out of view and then pop back in almost two kilometres away at the top of the hill and all the rundown Conrod, which is really cool. So looking forward to that. This is that. Much tighter here as we see Liam dodging a heart of racing AMG and a GT4 spec AMG in front of him in car number 19. That was Ian James in the SPS AMG heart of racing car. Ian, who did over 30 events last year. That'll be his busiest for a wee while. We know them rather well from our IMSA coverage, Adam, down in the pit lane. Yes, we do. And from one AMG to the AMG that's at the top of the charts right now, Garth Bolton, we were just talking about how amazing it is that you're a bronze driver, that you managed to get that sneaky in, but it meant that you get less traffic out on the track. What was it like to go around Mount Panorama with fewer cars and not needing to look in the rearview mirror for flashing lights? Yeah, it was pretty good. Obviously, there's less cars on the track. We still managed to find a fair few um, <laughs> at the end of my laps, but uh, yeah, it's still obviously not as much as the other guys, but... You know, it doesn't matter how many times you come to this place, it's still very cool. And, you know, to get the first few laps under the belt and settle the nerves, we can build for the rest of the week now. How valuable are these bronze-only sessions? Oh, they're very valuable, absolutely. Like, you know, as you said, less cars, and it you know, gives the bronze drivers time to forget about the mirrors and actually learn their way around the mountain. And most of these guys have been here so many times, but, you know, the nerves get in and you need to get in and just get those laps underway. How do you calm yourself down when you're sitting in the car before a session begins, knowing that it's just you in the mountain? It's hard. Yeah, I, I actually can't calm myself down. I just I try and just I just need to get out of the gate and get on with it. So, which is good. The car feels really good. We're just going to uh, tune it up a little bit, but at the moment it's good. And how is the track conditions out there? Yeah, track conditions seemed okay for us. Um, I think practice one it was a little well, little sketchy with some damp stuff and some dust and things on the track, but it felt pretty good then, so obviously still cool temperature. It'll probably only get worse from now on in. You've been around the mountain a fair few times before. Uh, the threat of rain potentially by the end of the afternoon, does that excite you or make you a little bit more nervous? I tell you, I did 2022 here in the rain, and it was terrifying. So I hope it doesn't rain, but... Obviously, we've done it before, and we have to do what we have to do, but it's a much better race when it's dry. I'll do my dry dance for you and the entire M Motorsport team. Good luck this week. Please do. Thanks. Cheers. And, sure, you'll be happy to know that uh, Richard P. in Toronto, a snowy Toronto, is tuned in, asks to be remembered to you. Alec Goldschmidt in the east of England, and Peter Croth is representing Albany, New York, USA. Again, just after 6 o'clock uh, on a Thursday night. And Bradford, West Yorkshire, check in uh, as well with Paul Haley. So six o'clock on the east coast yeah. of the US of A. So yeah. really no excuse to watch the whole race if you're not in the to US. Watch the whole, I mean, yeah, it'll, no, be a, it'll be a late night slash early morning, but 
Good time zone. Can be done. Absolutely. Can be done. Totally. Just like noticing, we, we heard from Shay earlier that um, there was a bit of work going down in the NPC Audi garage and the Liam Talbot car was actually very late out and it was about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes late out for this session and we still haven't seen Brad Schumacher yeah. out in pit lane. So we were been talking about how important or how good this session is for the bronze drivers because they get plenty of time. But if you actually miss this session, which Brad Schumacher has already given up 25-odd minutes of this session, you didn't do any laps in practice one because you knew, oh, well, I'll, be, I'll get my seat time in practice two in the bronze-only session. If it rains this afternoon, yeah. late in the afternoon, where there is another bronze-only session, there's very real potential that Brad Schumacher could be actually at a huge disadvantage yeah. because he hasn't got these allocated session in. So... There's obviously something going on down at Audi at the moment because Talbot was out late in the car that was fastest in practice one. The team car, which is another Pro-Am car, is out late. Well, hasn't been out at all, hasn't been seen at all in practice two. So there's something going on down there in that garage with the Audis. I can they're under the, if they're under the engine bonnet, under the, under the rear windscreen going through the engine stuff, that's... It's obviously significant enough to hold them back. I can hear the clinking of tools in the background. I wonder if Shay's down there. Yep, asking you shall receive. Uh, I immediately popped in next door. Uh, there are three mechanics under the left rear of the car. They are working in behind the suspension. It looks in the exhaust area, actually. Uh, so that could be a little bit of trouble. But Brad is an optimist because he is still helmeted, suited and booted, and waiting very patiently for the crew members to tell him it's okay to go. So they are expecting to be able to get out at least for a couple of laps before the end of the session. But as you rightly point out, time is quickly wasting away. Meanwhile, the sister car, that would be the number 22, uh, Liam Talbot did join the session a little bit late. He is expected to come back in and pull straight into the garage here in a few moments' time. So we should have both of the Audis applicable from this side, at least the pro end of things, coming back in and uh, maybe, hopefully, this number two Audi will be able to go out at some point. There's Liam Talbot driving into the garage, as Shay mentioned, was going to happen. I wouldn't mind betting that there's something going on with the diff okay. in that car because I went down and spoke to Kelvin van der Linde and Christopher Haaser after practice one, and they both said, yeah, a lot of understeer in the car, and there's diff, one of the tuning tools that you can use, and we've done a lot of work with here is the diff and the different preloads and ramp angles and things like that that you can do within the diff that's tunable in the car, and I wouldn't mind betting, one, there's either been a hold up in the change in the diff or they've found an issue with the preload on the cars and they were managed to get it fixed on the 22 quickly but maybe having more trouble with the Schumacher Audi to get that done so yeah. if they're in the left side behind the suspension that's grabbed my attention straight away I was like yeah I wouldn't mind betting that, that's a diff that is uh, that is black magic diff settings oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do yeah. not I, I spent a day down at Queer for a few years ago and had it all explained to me, and I still have not a clue. Ramp angles and clutches and... Oh, I understand what it does, and I understand why it's there, but the adjustability per, per, parts uh, of it... It's, it's infinitely adjustable. I had my own Formula 3 race team, and the diffs in an F3 car are hugely critical to get right, and we spent, like... In between every session, the diff centre would be out of the car. And it's now becoming the same way in GT3 racing as the cars become, you know, the specs have been locked in. The AMG Mercedes has been the same sort of spec for a while. The, the Audi's been the same sort of spec for a while. So you're looking for, now you're starting to look for the last little nth bit of performance to come from the race car. And it looks to me like diff is where they're starting to look at more and more with these cars. So... 
Um, I wouldn't mind betting that there's um, some either diff tuning going on in the Audi garage or there's some, some diff issues at the end of practice one that they're trying to rectify now. Because what we're talking about here is it affects the whole car. It's not just about how you put the power down. Yeah. It's about braking stability, yeah. how Tur- the car turns, how the power comes in off the corner, how the car behaves. It's, it has a huge global influence over the whole setup of the race car. And Kelvin's doing it too, mate. I went down and... <laughs> belted him over the head and said if I was your co-driver you'd be in the naughty corner right now 11 minutes into practice run and you Bang. made contact with us like oh, but, you, but you know what I'm like and I said yes but you know what you're like so you don't need to be doing that 11 minutes into practice run Kelvin so, oh yeah I know I know one week the big's too many for him this morning I think uh, as far as it goes we're just coming down to about uh, 11 minutes to go at the moment, and it's Kenny Apple in the number 75 Sun Energy One machine has clocked the fastest time, a 2.07. It was 2.13 last time around, so either caught in traffic or just taking it easy. Around about four tenths further back, Yasha Shaheen in the uh, 9.91 Porsche, the GT3R. That is a 0.2 car, though. So it is the last of the 991 uh, vehicles. And a very competent car in itself. Just a McMillan is behind the Mercedes AMG GT3 Evo, Evo in third position. That's number 48 car. He's another two, call it three tenths further back. Liam Tolbert, who we've just mentioned. And that car, uh, despite it getting some attention, the 22 Audi uh, sits in fourth position. The top six made up by another Audi. Marcel uh, Zalua has been out in the number 44 car. And Max Twig in the IRC GT, best of the invitational class at the moment. Now ten and a half to go. With a bit of cloud just starting to come back over. Had pretty much blue sky as we started this. I was just uh, enjoying the in-car with Brian behind the wheel of 25 McLaren Artura GT4, which is lovely car, a brand new car we've not seen in Australia, and it's Method Motorsport, which is a team that lists Chaz Mostert as a co-owner. It's a little business venture on the side. They've got a quite strong two-car team. It's going to be weird to see Chazzy going for pole, but in a GT4 car <laughs> in qualifying because Mostert is a two-time Alan Simonson Pole Award winner at an outright level. Do you know the guy is out qualified both times for that? By the combined margin of, I think, about half a tenth of a second. It's Kelvin Vanderlinde. Oh, yes. Yeah, cool. So he'll be thrilled that Chaz isn't there to potentially beat him to pole position. But uh, it's a really interesting car. Um, replaced the 570 GT4. So McLaren, I think they stripped about 100 kilos out of it from car to car. So BOP still equalizes it. But the lighter the platform you can start with, the better. V6 power in that car. And they're going to be a, a force in GT4 racing in Australia as well, which is exciting to see. And the sister car, number 230, great liveries, by the way. One of them's got the WM waste green and yellow. The other car's gone full McLaren with the sort of papaya orange and the blue that's been a bit of a hallmark of the brand across Formula One racing and IndyCar of late. So I love that. Uh, Elliot Shute has uh, been behind the wheel of car number 230. Uh, West Aussie, who's come out of the Radical Cup ranks, and he's also signed up to drive for a rise racing in World Challenge this year. So this is a bit of a taste test for him in the world of GT racing, having come out of open top sports prototypes and radicals. McLaren on a, a real roll with their GT cars at the moment, both for, for street 
road car use and the uh, and the racing versions gradually just working their way through the rumor maybe it's a hope that they will go lmh top class racing continues to tantalize us and they did get the nod of course above amg and audi for the world championship in le mans gt3 category uh, which some people raised an eyebrow about but i, th I think it's their intention uh, to go into the top class that probably turned the aco's head on that and uh, a couple of interesting opportunities for them which we might find out a little bit more about in fact i'm sure we will find out a little bit more uh, over the next uh, four to six months uh, and as you the one of the Ford Mustang GT3 teams, in fact, the Ford Mustang GT3 team in customer racing in Europe, uh, Dynamic GT, have uh, taken all mention of Ford off their website and have put out a, a rather terse. Uh, there were no additional words in their press release saying that they'd severed all relationships with Ford. Uh, so remains to be seen what's uh, what's happening there and where they go for their uh, GT3 European campaign. Oh, there's a backstory there, John, that surely you're all over. I, I'm, I'm. You're not working. giving away the full story. Yeah, that's right. You're, you're also being quite economical correct, in your work. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm reporting what has happened. Yes. And it, so it's, now tell us what is it's, happening. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not my story to tell at the moment. Let's let's put it that way. Um, but the, the, there are people who um, we've we've already had a chat with, and um, we'll get a bit more information. Possibly not this weekend, but we'll. Uh, tune in to Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday and we'll see if we can get some more. But that that's quite unusual when you go down the road of being one of the development partners of a, yeah. of a new mm. car. So um, something's not right there. Uh, Janetta climbs the mountain, G55, with uh, Colin White, who's just announced his British GT programme and hot foot from Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Not with that car, but with something very similar. Colin... Um, I've known Colin for a lot of years, raced in Ascar back in the day at Rockingham uh, Motor Speedway in the UK. He's done some British GT in the past. and had a big accident in one of the uh, British touring car supports a wee while ago and he's fought his way back to fitness and CWS is his team and they've uh, paired up with some local machinery here at Creelsea to, to get the Janetta on the on the grid and the little G55 with the Ford base V6 is a, is a pretty decent enduro car. I very, so. very, news, yeah. very happy to announce that the Audi is out on the track. The number two with the KFC livery on it from Melbourne Performance Center in the hands of Brad Schumacher has just rumbled by me on the pit lane, released the pit lane speed limiter, and is now doing a bit of a shakedown. I did see that they changed a sensor that was in a very difficult to reach spot. So I will find out if it was something more to do with the diff, but at the very least, there was a sensor that they couldn't get to without some very long needle nose pliers. Yeah, so there's a there's sensors on both rear axles yep. that uh, have you know correlate with the traction control, the ABS systems, and all the rest of it. So if it wasn't actually the diff itself internals, then it was something a sensor wise that then drives all the brain of the race mm. car. So if those sensors 
are failing or not working correctly, then the race car doesn't perform. And we were talking, John, off air before this practice session about how important ABS and traction control is to particularly the bronze drivers yeah. in a GT3 racing. So if the car's not going to behave properly and it's not going to drive properly, then there's no point driving it. Yeah. So for Brad Schumacher, we were saying that he's missed out on 35 minutes of this session. But if you're driving around for 35 minutes and the car's not actually doing what it should be doing, you're wasting time check. anyway. And then a big moment there on entry to Forest Elbow for Schumacher. So cold tyre, probably just wanting to get on with it because he's got effectively four minutes. So he'll get two real laps. And it's probably going to take those two laps for the tyre to get into the right operating temperature window for him. So although, yes, it is very much a shakedown for Brad Schumacher, he's wanting to get on with it and get some valuable miles. He might live here, but <laughs> you can't actually drive your race car around no. here for 355-odd days of the year. He can see his pit garage. Oh, I reckon there's, yeah, I there's still an issue here, yeah. I think, with this car. Locking rears on entry. So whether we come to the lane or he's going to press on, he's pressing on, but either cold tyre... Well, yes. Or there's still an issue with this car because to lock rears at Forest Elbow like it did, that's strange for me. Just uh, got passed at the top of the hill by Marcel Zalua in the Valmont Racing car who I bumped into between sessions and um, said, oh, mate, you guys are going well, 5-0. And um, he was at pains, despite what timing was telling us, at pains to tell me that that wasn't him. It was Luke Gilden. Uh, he said, if it was me, I would have retired by now. <laughs> He'd done a five in a GT3 car around here. So the Valmont Racing Car, very cool-looking race car too. They're a, a good program, but they were it's a fairly tight little moment and as he was trying to get past Brad at the top of the hill. So Liam Talbot's just gone quickest in car 22, 206.22. Kenny Habul has also just done his quickest lap of the session at a 206.84 in 75. Sun Energy Racing Mercedes AMG, second quickest. And completing the trifecta, Yasser Shahin in the Porsche, mm. their quickest at a 207.39 in so that this... 991 Gen 2 car. Justin McMillan shown as fourth at 7.6. That was a lap Garth Walden did at the start of the session. And all of our GT3 brands in the top five because Grant Denyer, another one of Bathurst's favourite mm. sons, uh, now sits in fifth position in car 93. That's the wall racing Lambo Gallardo, uh, Lambo Hurricane, I should say, uh, Evo 2. And he's punched out a very nice 208.8 to go fifth quickest. Alan Prosser, who is Lanzarote Camilla on what used to be called Twitter, uh, reckons that uh, artistic... What did you call arty? Artized. It's, it's artized. 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 Yeah. The artized well, version. more of... art injected into it. Yeah. He said, it's well named for the team. He says, because it reminds me of the Walls Ice Cream rappers. And it's like, ah, yes, I see where I, you're coming from. I have to check what our ice cream commercial partner is here in Supercars <laughs> Land, but I can tell you the brand that it reminds me of. But, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, it's streets, isn't it? In, in this part of the world, anyway. It's what? Streets. Ah, right. Streets. Yeah. Which I think is, I think internationally, is the same walls. as walls. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, that's just, that took me back I my childhood. I just to double-check that we sell them within the precinct. <laughs> well, and if not, can we... And if not, why isn't there a logo on the well, car? Yeah, 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 opportunity exactly. lost. If Supercars do not have an official ice cream partner, they now, do now. there'll be one by next week. Exactly right. <laughs> that is an opportunity missed, isn't it? Inside the last 60 seconds on a Friday morning as it is here at Mount Panorama. We're in the first of two bronze sessions today. Sessions two and four for bronze drivers only. Kenny Apple in the Sun Energy 1 AMG. This is the winning chassis from last year. He's got the fastest time at the moment of a 206 
because we go down to four decimal places here. Thanks, Richie. Uh, equivalent session last year was for bronze drivers only. Oh, little cricket joke. I thought you were talking uh, about yourself in the third no, person. I was then. not. Uh, 205.44, equivalent session last year, but that was one V Rossi who at the time was a bronze, but had a very good year in GT3 racing and is now a silver. He got upgraded pretty quickly, yeah, he did. didn't he? He did. But it was Brad Schumacher who was second with a 5-5, and Liam Talbot, who was in this session last year, he did a 6-2, so he's already matched that time from last year and is on this lap looking to improve that. A little bit of traffic up the road in the final sector as he makes his way out of the chase, and I can still see quite a bit of understeer. Oh, around Marcini gets around him, so doesn't get held up, but I can see, still see quite a bit of understeer in the mid-corner of this number 22 Audi that Kelvin van der Linde. Yeah. Just see there, didn't make yeah. the apex, didn't trouble the apex at the last corner. 6-1, so that was, on, that was looking like it was going to be a 5-7, so that understeer, the chase in the final corner cost him a bit of time. Jeffrey Ibrahim's just done a very good lap two in the Johor Motor Racing Triple Eight, number 88 car, 208, 5-7. Absolutely race sharp and battle hardened is the Prince... Uh, coming off the back of an Asian Le Mans series campaign. They had two wins mm. last weekend in the final event of that championship, which was really cool. I was downstairs. I was chatting to Jordan Love's mum, Nikki, another great WA product. And, um, yeah, they were really excited in that team. So that squad have been travelling all week to get here out of the Middle East, and then they've turned around. And the Asian Le Mans team are focusing on the Johor side of the garage and a lot of the... Um, squad from Triple H Supercar Team, Red Bull, Ampol Racing are focusing on the pro car. Of course, there's a lot of crossover between them, but that's a good lap from Jeffrey. So he's right in the mix from a, an AM driver, a bronze driver point of view as the chequered flag flies on practice number two for this session. And there's still a bit of colour in the timing screen, but mm. right now, Liam Talbot showing no signs of being top seven tenths quicker than Kenny Hubble with that 6-1. Ian James comes down at the... BMW M Elbow in what is rapidly becoming a fan favourite version of the Heart of Racing colour scheme on the uh, AMG by SPS Mercedes. It's a little lighter than their run in other championships and there's a little more yellow, but there's still a checker behind that and a great story behind this team. More than $12 million raised principally for the Seattle Children's Cardiac Unit, although when Alex Riberas and some of his teammates got stuck in New Zealand during lockdown, they started more another racing team and won a couple of championships, actually, and raised money for some of the local hospitals as well. He, he did t they were stuck on a, on a yacht, worst places to be, <laughs> yeah. but could not get back to the US. And when we went back racing in the US in 2020 on the 4th of July, we ends at uh, Daytona, those guys couldn't get back, so they just raced where they were. <laughs> Worst places to go racing than New Zealand as well. It's pretty cool. So practice two, done. Two sessions down, two more today. Liam Talbot quickest in the end over Kenny Habal. And then uh, Yasser Shahin ended up in second, uh, third place in car 911. Brad Schumacher yeah. right at the end. Yeah, there. Right that. The end. Wow, that just caught me off guard. Yeah. 207.4 on his one and only flying lap of the session goes fourth. So that car clearly starting to be okay now after some dramas in that session. McMillan, Zalua, Ibrahim, Denya and... Hargraves, first in the Invitational class and in the top 10 in car number 20 with Maxi Twig, former AM class champion in Carrera Cup, running out the top 10 
overall in the bronze driver only session for the Repco Bathurst 12 hour. 206.11, not far off the equivalent session 12 months ago in a day where we've already seen lap times in the twos. But another uh, green flag all the way session, but great lap at the end. Brad Schumacher, he got the tyre switched on enough to produce a 7-4 at the end in a car we think might still be giving them a little bit of grief. Uh, yes, indeed so. Uh, I should mention the GT4s. Mark Griffiths had the best time for the Mercedes number 19. Uh, gentlemen, I uh, get the hashtag Blair Hindy out. Two sessions. No, don't do oh, that. Two well, sessions where I haven't had a bacon that. sandwich uh, is what I was going to say. Uh, right. Okay. We need to resolve that now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> recharge for the next practice session, which will be coming up later on this afternoon. A pack program here on Friday. There's some cool on-track demos you should all stay around for. If you're at the circuit, check them out. Uh, qualifying for Group S coming your way. Combined sedans as well. Practice three for the Repco Bathurst 12-hour, 1.30 p.m. local time. So three hours from now and then a little bit later on the afternoon, another bronze driver-only session to round out the day and then two further sessions in the morning. <laughs> Have they just done that? It's just a test, Hindy. It's a test. I do that. <laughs> Full-course yellow test, which just... is something we need to talk about because that's a brand-new rule for this year. Yeah, correct. And We'll get uh, to that later. Well, it's it's like a virtual safety car on Code 60 for those of you who understand. that. We'll, we'll explain the vagaries of it. It does slight... Well, the, the important thing is when pits are open and when pits are closed under full course yellow and, and how that affects uh, strategy calls. Uh, so, cracking lap at the end by uh, young Mr. Schumacher, Bathurst Zone, who comes up into fourth position and another clean session uh, for the... Repco 12 hours cars. Thanks for being with us. The sun's coming out. Uh, we're going to lie around like lizards now in the sunshine and uh, let you enjoy the rest of your day as we continue for 2024 in the Repco Bathurst 12 hours uh, here at Mount Panorama. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.